Welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Fifty years ago, America was headed in a very dangerous direction. Pornography was becoming widespread, and the sexual revolution was changing the morality of the nation. Most Christians in the United States were slow to recognize the threat, and even slower to raise an alarm or challenge the trend. But in 1976, the pastor of a small church in Mississippi decided to follow in the footsteps of Ezekiel and speak out. Stay tuned as we seek insight from one of God's prophetic voices to America. Well, based only on my introduction, many of you will recognize today's prophetic voice as that of Don Wildman. In 1976, he decided to watch television with his family one evening. And turning on what was then one of the three channels, he was appalled at what was being sent out as programming to America's families. Well, the next year, Don launched the National Federation for Decency. As he later explained, I had a vision, God had a plan. He certainly did because this meek and mild-mannered man was soon challenging American corporations and holding them at bay. Yes, God empowered this mouse to roar. Sadly, Don cannot be with us today due to his health, but his zeal was passed on to his son, Tim, who is able to join us on this episode of Christ in Prophecy. And so, Tim, thank you very much for welcoming me to Tupelo, Mississippi. Thank you, Tim, and uh, appreciate those kind words about uh, my dad, Don Wildman. He would be here if he could, but... Uh, and I'm glad to sit in for him. And uh, you, you nailed our, our, our beginning uh, <laughs> there very, very well. Well, he certainly did uh, become a, a roaring voice of decency and of Christian values. God spoke to my dad and said, you need to do something. You need to lead an effort. You need to organize Christians. I don't know exactly how God said that or what he said specifically, but God told my dad, leave the pastorate because he was a very successful pastor and, uh, you know, start this new uh, effort uh, which would galvanize Christians from around the country. And so early on, one of the things that Don was known for was leading boycotts against famous mm -hmm. national corporations. Mm -hmm. He led one against Sears because mm -hmm. they were a major endorser of terrible programming through their advertising, yeah. and against the Southland Corporation, yeah. which was the parent company of 7-Eleven. Yeah. So tell us about those days. Well, uh, Dad's a bulldog, and uh, he, he, he's, you know, he doesn't... Uh, he wanted to do something that would make a tangible difference and not just, uh, I mean, you, and you have to give people things they can do. And so to make a difference. Uh, so he, as you said earlier, back then you had three major television networks and that's all America yeah, was. Yeah, can you remember when that yeah, was all we had on Maybe TV? PBS. Maybe PBS. Maybe PBS. Yes. So, the, so the primetime programming on network television, ABC, NBC, and CBS, they really shaped American culture to a large extent. Yes, they did. And so, uh, you know, you didn't have a hundred choices like you do t today. So, uh, my dad saw the trends that was taking that were taking place in uh, major network television: uh, more sex, more violence, more profanity, <clears throat> and how that was having a coarsening 
uh, effect on our on our culture. And so he decided, hey, who's paying for this? Well, uh, these major corporations, they're, they're going to be more likely to listen to us and, than, than are the network because they're the ones airing the, sure. airing, the, airing, the, airing the content. So he began to approach some of these in uh, uh, major corporate sponsors and also with regard to uh, the pornography problem at the time, which was basically 7-Eleven was uh, the largest distributor of pornographic magazines. Right. Uh, this is prior to the Internet. And what's ironic, their their yeah. motto was "Thank Heaven for 7-Eleven. Yeah, I know. And you think, well, what kind of a motto was that when you're promoting film? But my dad was able to organize ten thousand people out in front of Southland Corporation in Dallas uh, in uh, in the eighties, uh, and was able to get Seven uh, Eleven to pull the sale of the pornographic magazines. Well, we have a picture of Dr. Reagan and his wife and some staff yes. members at that boycott holding right. signs. And so his relationship with Don goes all the way back to that protest there in yes. Dallas. And he was very glad to have been a part of standing up for decency. We won a lot of victories during those years. You know, uh, I say we, the American Family Association, uh, previously named the National, National Federation for Decency. And it wasn't just us, it, was, it wasn't just my dad, it was a lot of other Christian leaders that helped organize and get the information out to the country. Uh, and so we were very successful during those years in making a difference. Well, what was the impetus to change from the National Federation for Decency to the American Family Association, and how did that expand the mission of the ministry here? Well, uh, we started out because, uh, it, well, pro-decency. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the Bible talks about how we as Christians should stand for morality and biblical values. Uh, but then the issues began to broaden. It weren't, wasn't just the content of television or the uh, pornography. Our issues began to broaden to even more uh, cultural issues, moral issues that involve politics sometimes. So Dad decided a, a broader name would be more appropriate for our ministry. You know, I'm just fascinated by the fact that your dad was given a platform, let alone a megaphone, and you said he was a bulldog. I referred to him as a mouse, but only because yeah, right. from the perception of the world, sure. who is this man from Mississippi, a, a pastor of right. a small church, you know, a church yeah. there now impacting the nation. But in the eyes of God, he was a lion, mm -hmm. he is a bulldog, and he had incredible impact. But he began to prophetically warn about the rising right, threat right. of humanism. As a matter of fact, uh, and in its corrosive impact on Judeo-Christian values, here is what he wrote in 2013. I find this fascinating. He said, for more than a generation now, our society has been sowing seeds which are today bringing forth their fruit. Atheism and agnosticism with their stepchildren of humanism, hedonism, and materialism may not be the official religions of our country, but they have become the accepted practical religion by many in key positions of influence. Wow, if that's not a mm -hmm. prophetic statement, I don't know what is. Yeah. So just consider how much further we've fallen in the past 38 years. Where are we today compared to where we were then? Well, unfortunately, we're further down the road to what I call self-destruction. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, of our republic that God gave us uh, with our founders over 200 years ago. I don't, that's tragic to say, but I mean, look at what's happening, right? right. In our country, it's, it's undeniable. Now, whether God sends another uh, big revival to change our land in a grand way or not, I don't know, 
But I do know it's the call of Christians to be salt and light in a dark and even dying culture. But the secular humanism, you mentioned that. I remember my dad, he would often reprint uh, the Humanist Manifesto, Humanist Manifesto, yes. uh, because this, the, what's happened in our country was planned. Yeah, oh, okay. definitely. It was planned uh, demonically, yes, sir. as the Scripture says, uh, for those who uh, understand the Bible, uh, or satanically. And then there's the uh, plan by man uh, to, uh, to replace God. And that's what secular humanism uh, does. And it, it replaced the Judeo-Christian worldview yes. uh, of, 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 of man with a secular humanistic uh, one, which basically says man is God. And there's a world of difference there on the impact uh, oh. of, uh, on culture. There certainly is. And, and we've seen that manifested in so many ways to where the rising number of so-called nuns in our society, right. not N-U-N, but N-O-N-E-S, people who have no affiliation, no grounding or foundation in any kind of, of religious or, or Judeo-Christian faith. And what yeah. that means is they're just drifting along right. and they have become their own gods. And many who are in the even the quasi-religious realm are promoting you can be your own god. Boy, that sounds like a lie straight out of Genesis right. chapter 3 uh, with Satan trying to tell... Well, mankind. David Reagan's taught on this too. Certainly. Uh, a lot over the years. So that's what's happened. That is what is happening. Of course, the Bible tells us this will this will be, oh, you know, certainly. this will be as, as we see it developing. So, uh, there, but at the same time, uh, for the sake of our children and our grandchildren and our posterity, even beyond that, we as uh, American Christians don't want to see our Republic crumble No, and fall away. It may yet, but we need to fight for it because we're the last great hope for mankind in terms of, uh, uh, around the world. I'm talking about the United States in terms of uh, religious freedom, yes, uh, and for and 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 charity and individual rights and all the things that come with it. Some people say, I just don't know how I can impact the entire world, or even the whole country, or even my whole state or community. Right. Uh, special forces, when they're trained, are taught to at least impact the three feet in your immediate vicinity. Yeah. You can impact your your immediate world. Yeah. And so whether that's your family, right. whether that's your friends, uh, people at your church, you can have impact. But there are certain individuals who are called to have a much broader impact. That was your father yeah. back in the 70s. That's been all the folks here at the AFA team who are impacting, again, the entire culture and millions of lives. One of the things I find fascinating as well is that the instrument of influence your father battled against was primarily in the early days television. And although the culture war is waging on many other fronts today, he said this, he said, the greatest threat to the existence of our society is mind pollution and that the greatest source of that pollution was the television. Would you agree with that statement today? Um, well, there, yes, I would, but there are variant, uh, variances today to when he wrote that initially, uh, the internet, the internet, social yeah. media. Yeah. They, so yes, a, but yes, but still, television uh, plays a huge role. On, as I said earlier in our interview, in shaping the culture, uh, uh, there was a fellow by the name of Norman Lear. Yes. Who back in the '70s, he was uh, the father of the sitcom All in the Family, mm -hmm. The Jeffersons, Maud, and, and others, and he. Uh, basically said that he was using his program 
a comedy now, comedies, to inject social messages, yes, very liberal social messages. Oh, yeah. And so that shaped the thinking of uh, the American people, those kinds of programs, and they were almost all very liberal. Uh, so that shaped the thinking of the American people broadly across the country and was able to change culture. Uh, so there's no question about it that television uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s was the dominant uh, change uh, factor in American culture. Well, and then, then along came the internet. Yeah, I, I agree. And even the internet, a lot of times, is streaming content that originally is sourced from television. They're trying to promote ideology by even the way that they under present Under the guise characters. of entertainment. Under, an, well, uh, under yeah. the guise of entertainment. And that's very subtle. It's one thing to come on and preach and say something. A lot of people will just tune you out. But if you wrap it in comedy or you wrap it in drama, you wrap it in uh, entertainment, Hollywood, New York, uh, this the dominant thinking is the secular humanist worldview, unfortunately. There are some Christians trying to make a difference in those in those uh, venues, but it's very difficult. Well, what's even sadder is many Christian parents, we talked about impacting our families, yeah. they would not let someone in the door who was going to be a threat to their child's uh, teaching or mm -hmm. training, and yet they'll let them turn on the television, yeah. and through that subtle means, they're bringing in filth to pollute their own children's well, minds. Well, you got to ask yourself, where does this ultimately lead uh, for Christians in America if we're continually mocked and ridiculed and dehumanized and canceled? <laughs> and so uh, we have to fight back, but uh, you know, if you continually uh, put a certain segment of people in that negative a light, then the laws turn against them, the government turns against them, uh, and you, as I said, I use the term dehumanize. That's what's happened around the world when we've seen people who have been persecuted. Yes. You, 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 you segment them off over here and you tell the rest of the world these people are crazy or they're a threat to society. They become canceled, if not in terms of their lives, then in terms of their voice and their right. impact. Right. Well, you joined AFA even technically before it was AFA. In I didn't 19... have a choice. <laughs> well, I think you had I a did, call. I did, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you did and you didn't. Yeah. But in 1986, in the last 35 years, just what have you witnessed in our, yeah. in our culture and our society? Well, and the, I've mentioned some of the negative things that uh, the trends that have taken place. We all see them all around us. But the, the good thing, is, too, is uh, we've seen uh, uh, millions of Christians rise up and get involved in politics and government. Yourself, yeah, a prime example of yes, that, sir. right? Working yes. in the uh, Kentucky State Legislature. And so uh, the Christians, have, a lot of Christians have been awakened to the need to get involved, to make a difference, serve on school boards, city councils, state legislatures, run for governor run for federal office, yes. Senate or House. Uh, you know, you can't complain if you're not willing to make it, uh, get involved. Amen. That's exactly <laughs> I true. I mean, uh, how many times have you talked to people and they'll complain about something and, they, and then you would say, well, who did you vote for? I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't vote. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> there yeah, you go. Very there you go. There are a lot of Christians that's sitting on the sideline. But again, the encouraging news is there are a lot of Christians who have gotten involved uh, but the battle has intensified. You know, you mentioned this. Uh, the battle has intensified. So the other side, that is the secular humanist, the so-called progressives, they are getting very bold uh, mm -hmm. today in their attacks on Christians. They certainly are. And uh, so 
we have to fight back and continue to fight back. Well, as I shared uh, with your staff this yeah. morning, I think we're called to be modern day Ezekiel's. We have to be hard headed, yeah. harder headed than those who would resist the message because we're called to share truth. Now we have to do so in love, right. but we have to be willing to be bold and share it. But what are some of the ways that AFA reaches out today. We're familiar with the AFA Journal, uh, the yeah. magazine, but what else does AFA do to reach well, we, an impact? Well, we have uh, 181 radio stations that we own and operate. Uh, since 1991, we've grown that radio network, so we, we, we reach millions of people uh, uh, every day with our radio network. We have about a half a million people that get our AFA Action Alert emails. Yes, uh, we are, you get them. Uh, we, uh, our magazine goes to about 150,000 people who pay to get it. So those are three ways that we get our message out and communicate to our supporters and call them to action. Well, I want to return for just a moment to the man who started all this, that being your father. Mm -hmm. And he exhibited a prophet's foresight in recognizing the moral bankruptcy, really, of our yeah. nation and what it was headed toward, which is even worse today than it was back yeah. in the 1970s. And he had a prophet's single-minded determination to follow God's calling. So mm -hmm. tell us a little more about your dad and his heart for this ministry. Well, uh, Dad was, uh, as I said, he was trained in the Methodist tradition <clears throat> and served churches here in uh, North Mississippi, uh, eight years in uh, Tupelo at one church, and then moved to South Haven in 1976. I would have been 13 years old. And that's when he, God called him to, uh, and Dad's not one to say that every day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We know our some brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, God speaks to them every day about yes, what they're supposed yes, to have no. for breakfast, and yeah, yeah. you know, and everything. All um, of God is a special thing. But but yes, but this was a a, a, a moment with, where God called. When you're telling a guy to leave your profession uh, as pastor and start something brand new, and, and you know, and you got four children, mm. and you have no income, and he can dad can tell stories about uh, in, in those early days even how a couple different times he uh, basically told God I don't I don't have the money to print the magazine you want me to, or print the newsletter you want me to print and his office was in our home the offset machine the telephone the typewriter in, a, in a bit, one of our bedrooms right. that was the office of the National Federation for Decency in 1977-78 and the uh, the president uh, of it was Don Wildman, and the secretary was Don Wildman, and the janitor was Don Wildman, and the printer was Don Wildman. Jack Wildman. of all trades, yes, huh? <laughs> absolutely. You know somebody has to be called by God if that's the dedication they're going to give to something. And but he, I remember him telling uh, a story about the couple of times where he needed a specific amount of money to pay the bills. And one time the money came in a uh, unsolicited check in our mail wow. at our house to the exact amount of money. And another time, a fellow called him from Michigan, who he did not know, who had read about our work in the newspaper there, calls this little preacher in Mississippi, gentleman's in Michigan, he's a millionaire, and he says, uh, I'm sending you a check for X number of dollars. And it was the exact amount that my dad needed to cover his bill. So he can tell you stories like that that only uh, confirmed the God's call on his, uh, on his life. And, you know, he began to... Uh, Dad, Dad was very good at, you, you mentioned uh, Dad's in, in, in Dr. Reagan's book. Uh, Dad was very good, I say, at, uh, uh, he, he was a visionary, but he also was, uh, somebody said my dad had more horse sense than anybody they'd ever known. In other words, he was a can-do person. Sure. A lot of people are visionaries. 
A lot yes. of people are worker bees. And can't put that vision into practice. Right, right, right. Goals. But he could do both. He could do both. God blessed him with those abilities and those talents. And he was really dedicated to the Lord. I mean, certainly. Read, read his Bible every day, prayed every day, faithful churchman, uh, even when he wasn't the pastor. So, uh, and well, then the thing led about by it example. Is, even with the financial uh, miracles that occurred back yeah. in the day, and the same thing happened with our ministry with Dr. Reagan. He can tell you stories. Yeah. But to this day, our budget may be bigger, but there are moments when we are at a, a critical need and that exact amount, that exact blessing right. comes right, right at the moment we need it, which is proof that God still works through other people to bless our ministry, Amen. which allows us to touch so many. I'll observe this. Don early on focused on the filth coming out of Hollywood, right. which they produce many of our television programs as well, and other morally bankrupt propagators yeah. of American culture. He said this, we can have a society that recognizes God and His moral standards, or we can have a society that recognizes the make-it-up-as-you-go moral standards of Hollywood. We cannot, however, have both as equals. I would say today, although Hollywood likes to virtue signal its leftist ideology, if anything, it has become even more morally bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, you, that's, uh, you know, the, the Scripture teaches absolute, uh, absolute moral values, yes. right? The Ten Commandments, Sermon on the Mount, these are not negotiables. <laughs> no, they're not. With God. And that's for us individually and really is for the broader society. And that's what our country was founded on. If you look back, no question about it. We, 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 in 1892, I guess it was, the Supreme Court then said that we are a Christian nation. Yes, they did. If you look around, we're a Christian nation. That doesn't mean every individual is a believer, but it means uh, our country honors Christianity. Well, your dad actually expressed great disappointment in the silence that was emanating from America's pulpits, whether uh, regarding the lack of morality in our culture or the unconscionable destruction of innocent lives. He actually called out the fact that there were 300,000 pulpits right. which are silent. Have you discerned an improvement in recent years? Uh, well, I think that, yes, I think that God is calling out, uh, separating the <laughs> two camps, yes. you know, people that are going to follow Him and call their people to uh, call their people to action, if you will, in the culture, and those who just want to uh, have the ostrich yeah. Christianity, you know, leave their head in the sand and pretend things are not as uh, as uh, serious as they are in our country. Again, in our country, again, the 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 main problem that I think Christians need to understand who say, I don't want to be engaged in politics. I don't want to, you know, that's not, that's not uh, my calling or that's not spiritual. You've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. That's the devil's yeah, territory. And Lord knows that's the devil's territory in many ways. I'm talking about the uh, political and government. However, if we abandon that, Totally oh. and completely. Where does that leave you? Are, exactly. are, are we better off? No. Christ, uh, Christ will be Lord over every sphere of human endeavor, not just the, the church and religious sphere, but everything. The family, mm -hmm. uh, the government, right. all when He reigns here on earth. And we are to try to be salt and light. Well, folks, if Don and now Tim Wildman uh, and the American Family Association have touched the conscience of a nation, that was a phrase used by Dr. <laughs> uh, Dennis Kenlaw of Asbury College when he presented your dad with an honorary doctorate, what biblical responsibility do we have as a nation for ignoring godly voices who are warning us? Yeah, well, uh, you're, 
your colleague, Dr. Reagan. Yes. And he's been a leader in this effort. And uh, I can mention Dr. Dobson, Dr. Kennedy, uh, Marlon Maddox. Uh, uh, I can mention so many others, Dr. Adrian Rogers, mm -hmm. down through the down through the years. These have been giants. So there are many. Uh, Darry Burkett was a friend of ours. Yes. Dr. Bill Bright. Many, um, many. Uh, the, the Phyllis Schlafly, Tim and Beverly LaHaye. Uh, these are just some of the names of people that have, and my dad would be in that category, were, were, were called up uh, in the 60s and 70s and uh, to lead Christians in an effort to uh, organize. We have to be organized. There is power in numbers in, our, in America, and we have to join together to, uh, to fight back. Well, I have another question. In late yeah. 2020, yeah. AFA's American Family Studios produced a video called In His Image. Uh -huh. And it was a tremendous film uh, designed to address our cultural confusion over gender. In other words, so many people are promoting transgenderism as the new great thing. I would highly recommend that film to our viewers. Oh, but yeah. my question for you is, what was the impetus behind this project? In his image, uh, well, we saw what was going on in our culture. I mean, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows him as Bruce Jenner, who won the Olympics in night some of the Olympic uh, decathlon, I think, in 1976, yes, was on the box of Wheaties. Yes, sir. Uh, the cover of Wheaties. Uh, so uh, we saw that. That was kind of the, the what was celebrated. ESPN called him uh, the bravest, you know, most courageous athlete of the year a couple, three years ago. So you're, that's just uh, to show you how celebrated this idea of uh, gender confusion, what we call gender confusion, gender dysphoria, dysphoria yes. is in our society today. It's kind of like the last uh, frontier for the people who are promoting sexual immorality in our country. And, th and so we decided, hey, how do we uh, give an answer to this? So we uh, made a film called In His Image, which has gone viral basically now. Yes, it has. People are watching it around the world. It's about 90 minutes or so. And it gives the testimony of uh, a few people who were in that lifestyle. They were, they were a, you know, in the lifestyle of uh, uh, either they or a man who thought they were a woman or a woman who thought they were a man. And it shares their stories. And, uh, and then it shares about how Jesus Christ saved them and brought them out of, of those uh, of those lifestyles. And how can our viewers connect with this ministry? Well, they can go to afa.net uh, and afa.net. And if you'll uh, go there, you can see how to get our action alert emails. We send those out once or twice a week. Our American Family Radio Network is available online at afr.net, afr.net, if you don't get our one of our terrestrial radio stations. And uh, my dad's uh, with, you know, if he could be with us here today, he is still alive, but he's unable to, for health reasons, to be with us. He would say, uh, you know, you get up each day and you do what God's called you to do today, and then tomorrow you do the same thing, and the day after that you do the same thing. So uh, our job uh, is to be faithful. Uh, we'll leave the success or the failure to the Lord. So I wish uh, you guys so much success in the future and hope you continue to reach uh, thousands and thousands of people. I really enjoyed spending time with Tim Wildman and the dedicated American Family Association team in Tupelo, Mississippi. Building on Don Wildman's godly legacy, they continue to stand up for American families and impact American culture. Thankfully, Tim Wildman is following in his father's footsteps to serve as a prophetic voice in his own right. I'd strongly encourage you to watch and share the tremendous AFA film, In His Image. 
It offers timely biblical truth in the face of our society's willful embrace of sexual and gender confusion. This powerful video will give you tools to speak truth and love into the lives of those being deceived by our culture. If you'd like to get a copy, please call the number on your screen or visit our online store. We'll be glad to send it to you for a donation of only $10. Until we bring you another Prophetic Voice to America next week, this is Tim Moore for Lamb & Lion Ministries. We pray that our Christ in Prophecy program leaves you longing for and loving Jesus' soon return. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you.